What's up, nerds? Real rumblers, rumble reelers, reeling rumble bumbles. My name is Jazine Hollings with another episode of Real Rumble. Creative Canadians chatting about cinema. They choose the film, and we just have a nice little chat about it. So Jim and I started this podcast in 2019, and so much has happened since then. Like a pandemic, amongst other things. This episode was recorded pre-COVID-19 pandemic. Like a lot of us, the pandemic made me reevaluate my entire existence ad nauseum. I went through a lot of ups and downs, rethinking, meditating, and re-rethinking. It was very revealing. I fell out of love with movies and with screenwriting and fell in love with myself, which is something I learned to do during that time that I had lost the ability to do. But then uh, came full circle, fell back in love with movies and writing, and it became clear to me that I just love talking to people about movies. Movies and stories hold a very special place in my heart, having watched a lot of them as a kid. As a result, I'm now a fully grown woman that can't have a normal conversation because I have nothing to contribute unless the conversation is about a movie. Movies were always something I felt I could connect to people with. No matter who they were, I could always ask them, what's your favorite movie? And watch gleefully as their face lit up. And as I continue my screenwriting journey, it's just a great way to do some research, to analyze some films, um, and to have some fun in the process, to connect with people during this, you know, really strange time, and to connect with people that I haven't connected with in a while. I am feeling very excited about this new format. Um, having thought about it for a while, I wanted to revamp things. It's feeling fly, funky, fresh, like I just cleaned my room for the first time in months. Um, but enough about all that. Let's get into uh, this episode. Our guest for this episode was the lovely Steph Marie, who I met in a stand-up class at Second City Toronto. She is hilarious. Before the pandemic, she was up there doing her 5 to 10, killing it. Her brand of comedy is like a horny mortician, dark, sexual. I love her stuff. And she has co-written a comedy drama web series about a struggling young woman who sees manifestations of her depression and anxiety. So I hope that gets made because I'd like to watch it. Knowing her sense of humor, the film she chose made so much sense when she chose it. It's the horror comedy from 2011, Cabin in the Woods. Co-written by Joss Whedon, Drew Goddard, and directed by Whedon, Cabin in the Woods is one of the horror movies for horror lovers. I have to really emphasize horror because it sounds like something else, and I don't want that. Synopsis time. A group of teens go to, you guessed it, a cabin in the woods, where they unleash evil upon themselves and get chopped up a bit. But the movie flips all that on its head because their environment, the monsters, and even their brain chemistry are all being controlled by an organization headed by two goofy working Joes in a control room. As the story unfolds, the more meta the movie becomes. So let's rumble. Hey, Steph. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Good. Um, and what is the movie that you chose? I chose Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Why Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> um, I was like really struggling between whether I wanted to do like comedy or horror. Um, and then I was talking to my friend Becca about it. And I was like, I can't pick like comedy horror. And she was like, obviously Cabin in the Woods. When was the first time that you saw it? I saw it in theaters when it came out. Okay. Um, and then totally forgot about it until Becca mentioned it. And then yeah. now have watched it. <laughs> yeah. Twice since then. And what did you first think of it when you first saw it? I loved it. 
so silly, um, but also like I still jump scared pretty easily. Yeah. So like it had the horror element to it. Um, yeah, it's like all of the things that I like about funny and scary movies. Watching it the first time in 2011 when it came out, I was like totally blown away. Yeah by where the story went and then seeing it a second time now i was unsure of like the tone of it but for some reason it kind of works they balance each other out really well yeah it definitely walks a tightrope but even like the gore and even the horror ends up being funny in the end like when you see like a giant snake yeah and you're just like oh okay <laughs> or like the like the tentacle comes down and like takes that girl what's her name uh wendy yeah when just like they're just about to go into like the safe yeah and then like yeah. Some weird tentacle thing gets her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the mermaid death. The mermaid oh, death yeah. is the best one. It's my <laughs> yeah. favorite. Yeah. The callback to the yeah. merman. The merman yeah. comes crawling over across the floor and eat like eats him or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, you gotta be kidding me. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. It's all like blood one. that comes out of the blowhole. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a yeah. grim. Yeah. The, let's just talk about um, the cinematography. It's a classic horror movie. I noticed that That's they, thought, they yeah. lit it and shot it based on whichever movie they're trying to sort of emulate. Yeah. I noticed like when they're doing the setup and all the teenagers that was shot very much like a late nineties kind of I know what you did last summer teen slasher <laughs> yeah. film. And then when they get to the actual cabin and when they're like looking at the the gas station, it's more like a seventies Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Friday the thirteenth sort of the way they shot it. And then when they get to the facility, it's kind of a more like into the two thousands sort of resident evil this juxtaposition of having characters that are all like battered and bloodied in like a pristine white and silver kind of boxy room. And they also like, by having Japan as the other office, they were able to also like sneak in Japanese horror elements, like the, the ghost girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I don't, do you watch a lot of Japanese horror? Like the one that The Grudge is based off of. Right. And, yeah. the, and the Rings. Yeah. 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 Like Ringu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, but yeah, like Japanese horror has its like own thing going on. It's entirely like, I've noticed it's very environment based. It's like the spirits come from a certain place. Like if you go to the place, it's haunted. Yeah, like in like in The Grudge. Yeah. yeah. It's not like mm -hmm. American or European where it's like there's a creature that actively follows you. Right. Like and the place is haunted and, and the yeah. spirits live in that place and it's their place. And Yeah. And yeah. usually there's some sort of unresolved yeah. thing going on with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, it was cool that Cabin in the Woods like also homaged like another cultures type yeah. of horror, which was cool. But no, I thought like the camera work was like really good. I thought it was like really stable for like, you know, there wasn't a lot of like shaky yeah. cam or anything, which was surprising to me because it wasn't, <laughs> I mean, the budget I think was like 30 million or something. So it was something pretty like sizable, but like, yeah, actually I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't find a way to work that in. They just have one section where like the guy's like filming himself on a cell phone or something and like make it all like Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> cam for like yeah, half a second. Do they even have cell phones? Like, I don't even... I, they don't. Yeah, they I don't. I don't think I even see a phone. They don't have cell phones. Even though I guess it's 2000... Well, they don't it's 2009. I think you could still get away with it. Well, the iPhone came out in 07, so... Yeah, maybe not. Like, they had Blackberries and stuff that could film video. Oh. Even old flip phones could film video, albeit, like, really crap quality. Because they probably wrote the script five, ten years before it got made. Yeah. Usually it takes that long, so... They wrote the script over a weekend. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Was Did the director write it as well? What's yeah. his name? Um, um, Drew Goddard. Yeah, Drew Goddard. He and... It was two people, and they wrote oh. it over a weekend together. That's such a... Uh, so good. <laughs> I love stories like that. Sometimes best ideas come quickly. Uh, Joss Whedon is the other. Joss Whedon. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know he was on this one. Yeah, because it just see it just says that like Drew Goddard directed it, and he also he was a writer for Buffy, Alias, and Lost. They worked, yeah, they worked 
They oh, both okay. did. Yeah. Okay, on all of them? Uh, I know shows? Buffy. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and he was the creator of Daredevil, like the TV show on Netflix. That I didn't see. Yeah, which Love. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first season was so good. Oh my god. I like hated Foggy. Oh yeah. Obviously. Totally fair. Um, <laughs> but the fight scenes were Yeah. yeah amazing. So good. Like really so good. well choreographed. Yeah, I don't know. Cinematography. Like it wasn't incredible. It wasn't like mind shattering. It wasn't a piece of art. You know what I mean? But it was no. more the story was like kind yeah. of where it was like See, a little like, bit more we creative. Watched, like we watched Vertigo last night, where it's like they set up these beautiful, like cinematic, like masterpiece shots. So it's Looking, watching this one, I'm like, yeah. 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 It's also 1958 when that was like the thing to do was like make every frame a painting. <laughs> Sound design or like the music. If there wasn't a lot of music actually. No, I don't really think there was. Which was also surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I think it could have used more music to help build the tension. I don't even know if there was like background There's a little score. bit. There's a little bit, but. That like close shot of her hand right before it gets stabbed. I feel like I remember hearing like strings that made me feel stuff but yeah. like i can't recall it now so it yeah. really stand out at so all it wasn't super memorable i mean sound effects were great sound of, effects were good of, yeah yeah squishing <laughs> and like the like ding of the elevator every time new monsters came yeah, yeah. that was like a cool yeah 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 i like that it's also the genre of the movie right yeah it's like but it's so interesting because like Shaun of the dead relies like doesn't rely on it but like has a lot more use of sound design mm-hmm. and stuff like that Especially, like, Edgar Wright, just basically, that's his thing, is, like, using sound to kind of make things a bit more stylized, almost. But it's clear that, like, you don't really have to focus that much on sound to have, like, an effective horror yeah. comedy. No. Yeah. It's just kind of more of a style thing, I think, for him. Um, or I found that... Yeah, have you seen The Conjuring? No. Oh, you would like The Conjuring. If you like horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, you'd really like The Conjuring. It's spooky. So spooky. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Um, but they actually do like the reverse of that. So you know when you're watching a horror movie and you kind of hear like the rising strings yeah. to kind of cue that something bad is about to happen? In The Conjuring, they don't do that at all. So you literally, you don't have, like everything seems completely normal. And then all of a sudden you'll have something just ha- happen and you're like, holy shit, like totally didn't see it coming did you find that that made it scarier yeah okay yeah yeah there was a lot of use of silence in the conjuring where it's just very cool just silent and you're just kind of like listening to your own breathing and you're like oh my god and also the main characters are a middle-aged couple and not like a bunch of goofy teenagers teens and underwear (laughs) yeah Yeah, the opening scene of cabin in the woods yeah why is she in her underwear (laughs) and like in just in the window yeah midday just hanging out but i think that was like a callback to like i know what you did last summer like you know all yeah yeah those teen teen horror (laughs) movies where they're just always in their underwear and like necessary Well, uh, yeah, Kurt even quips about it. He's like, oh, yeah, and you're in your underwear. Yeah, and she's like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. And I'm like, Come You didn't on. know you were that, in yeah, your underwear? Yeah, exactly. That would be like the first thing. She's standing like, by a window. It's like, you don't feel the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my pants on. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, stunts and special effects. I want to know how they did the motorcycle thing where it like crashes into a wall. Yeah. Yeah, that was like. That looked, it was, looked real. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and his body just like pings off of it as he falls down. Yeah. To, like, an abyss. I'm wondering if they, like, put a dummy on a dirt bike. Or maybe they just had a stunt rider drive the dirt bike and they had an entire CGI background. Somehow have, like, a hole he can jump through and then so then they can CGI him crashing into something. But it looked pretty real. Like, it didn't look like CGI when he flew into the barrier. Well, I guess that could be part of special effects, too. The CGI was quite 
good. It was pretty good for that time. For an eight-year-old I, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pretty good for that time. I found that, like, some things, like, maybe, like, the blood pouring into the... That was CG, and I kind of was like, why is that CG? Like, why it's, wasn't it's that too... just practical? Yeah. But I don't know. I thought they yeah, had the practical effects, like, him, him uh, Kurt flying into the wall. Like, yeah, or them being trapped in the RV as it's sinking, like, in the water. The missing arm on the zombie girl, it's, <laughs> that's CGI, so they, like... She oh, wore, wow. like, a green sleeve. Oh, yeah, like what you were thinking, yeah. Or the zombie armor in the elevator that, like, grabs the guy. That, that was really... That is good, right? Yeah, so well done. So yeah. someone had to be in, like, a green screen suit, except for their arm, which is in makeup, <laughs> and, like, pretending it crawls around on someone's face or whatever. Yeah, as you were as we were watching it, you were just like, yeah, could you imagine having that job? <laughs> or you're just sitting there lying in a suit, and you just have to, like, touch someone's face yeah. with your hand. Like, no, yeah, I thought they did, like, a really good com- like a combo of mm-hmm. practical and special effects. And, like, the practical effects of, like, people getting stabbed in the throat and, like, all that crazy shit. I was yeah. like, holy shit. All the fake blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really good done. Yeah, lots of squibs just exploding everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the zombie family was well done, too. I thought, like, the makeup was good. The yeah. tortured redneck zombies. <laughs> so you don't really see them because it's, like, always dark and they have, like, a really dark makeup on. Yeah. So you can hardly ever... You just see, like, shadowy silhouettes or whatever, but you... Really... We do see her, though, because, like, the little girl comes out of the elevator. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, well, yeah, we fully then, see her. Yeah. The, like, it's the lighting, too, like, because it all happens at night, mm-hmm. you can get away with a lot of shit if it's oh, dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, if their costumes are dark, like, they look like they're just, like, covered in blood yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then the... I guess this... We can talk about the script, because I think is like... Yeah. The big thing of this the movie. Yeah. So yeah, you were saying that it was made in a weekend. Yeah, they wrote it over a weekend. And then did they, what did they do with it after? Do you know? Were that they, I'm not yeah. super clear on. Okay. Um, but they just like, I think they like rented a hotel room and sat separately and would just like write and then swap and over a weekend they like banged the whole thing out. That's Because so they were awesome. like, this will be a fun thing to do. We'll bang it out in one weekend. Yeah. And it made like, it made money back and then some. And it's like good. Like the, a lot of the dialogue's really good. Yeah. So snappy. <laughs> so snappy. Um, oh my god, and also so, like, shady, too. Like, when, um, what is it, when Dana's just like, me, a virgin? And Sigourney Weaver's just like, well, <laughs> yeah, we do, like, the best with what we have. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good lines in that movie. I actually wrote a lot of them down, the ones that I really liked. Oh, yeah, with Steve was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, the merman. The merman, well, the yeah. guy who gets killed by the merman. <laughs> yeah. Or when he's, like that intern's placing his bet. Yeah. And he's just like, well, what do you think I should do? And he's just like, more than anything, I just want this moment to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, it's lines like that where I'm like, what kind of movie is this? Yeah. Because it has that, like, witty, witty character dialogue mm-hmm. that I just love. Kind of, like, intertwining horror tropes mm-hmm. with, like, a reason behind why horror movies are even made is interesting like imagine all of the horror movies ever made were actually just like a way to appease an ancient god (laughs) well like the i think that like the idea is that like we are the ancient ones so all these horror movies that are always made and they're all the same it's just like to make us happy and so every year like these like movie comes out and then like we're either happy with it or we're not so like that's kind of what we're and what is happening. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even think of it like that. The meta analysis. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like well, and you can like read so much into it too when you have all these characters who are not tropes and then they're made into tropes mm-hmm. via like this like corporation or this like yeah. other outside entity. It's very much like 
like I thought of it as like how corporations kind of want everybody to be the same mm-hmm. and be like stereotypes. Or you have to fit into this like very specific box. Yeah. yeah. So if you're this thing, then you're this thing all the way through and it, it looks like this. Yeah. And we're going to make you that way. Yeah. Like regardless of what your actual personality is. Yeah. So I don't know. I have no idea if the writers intended like any of that or like any of the things that I analyzed <laughs> in this movie, but that's definitely what I thought of. For sure. Yeah. I also liked how they explained away some of the plot holes in a lot of horror movies of like, why don't they just leave? Like, why why not just drive away? Like, there's a car that you drove in with. Yeah. And like, there's someone killing people. Okay, hop in the car, drive away. <laughs> the world that's created by this movie, because then it explains all that shit. They're right. Like, why do people act in such a stupid way? Like no one would actually act away. It's like, oh, here's a big dark room that I've never been in. And like, there's no way to find the light switch. Oh, I'll just walk right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like all the stupid shit that people yeah. do in horror movies. Yeah. And you're like, don't split up. <laughs> yeah. But then if they have like a gas to like explain it or whatever. Oh, there's screaming coming from the woods. Let's go look <laughs> at it. Yeah. Like- <laughs> when they're uh, in the cellar and um, Dana like stabs the zombie. Yeah. And then immediately gets rid of the weapon. Like, that's a thing that happens in horror movies, too. Yeah. Like, they use a weapon one time, and then they get rid of they it. They get rid of it. <laughs> but in this movie, like, one of the guys, like, pushes a button, and it shocks her a little bit, and she drops it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's why that that's happens. That's why they drop it. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, all of these, like, the stupid, irrational things that people do. It's actually just, like, movies. doctored by the yeah. people running the show. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Because sometimes I think my life is like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did I make that decision? Somebody must be controlling me. <laughs> or they use the environmental controls to like release pheromones and make the environment warmer. Yeah. So that the young couple wants to have sex. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it'd be like, oh, it's a spooky, scary forest and there's people trying to kill us. Like, That's, this is a there's good time. to Bugs fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let's lay down on this moss, yeah. I think. <laughs> Super comfortable. That's the most vulnerable thing we can possibly do in the most dangerous <laughs> place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jules like doesn't want to have sex in the forest and then they release the pheromones and, and she's I'm like, like okay she's not actually a whore which that's no. what kills me is like none of these people are actually the tropes they just make them into it but they yeah. have to to appease the ancient ones what but- if they like like the director like miscasted and so she's not the whore and Dana's the whore because they talk about how she had this affair with her teacher yeah and then so because she wasn't actually the virgin like I guess Jules would have been yeah when they killed Jules first they like screw up the whole plan and so everything was doomed anyways yeah well because i was thinking at the end when she talks about the virgin and dana's like me a virgin i'm like oh this is where they find out that they fucked up yeah because they didn't know that she wasn't a virgin but then she says like oh we just kind of work with what we have and i was like oh okay (laughs) so it's like that (laughs) or maybe dana's not the virgin at all and they always think the woman needs to be a virgin and the stoner dude's actually the virgin oh like, yeah. Because yeah. they're talking Don't about how him and Jules had a thing, but nothing ever came of it. Like, he's clearly like a loser. He's supposed to be a loser character. So yeah. you assume he's like not been with any women or whatever. So maybe he's actually the secret. Maybe he's the virgin. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I feel like they could have done that. Like, there's so many like... They that would have been believable, addressed yeah. movie tropes and like... It's like, oh, you always assume the woman's the virgin. Actually, it also... That's another thing that they could have done is like not revealed that she had like a relationship with her teacher. Yeah. It's just, like, curious, like, what the purpose of that... Yeah, what was that? Was. Maybe just to say that she wasn't a virgin. Yeah. So that you would think that they fucked up, but then they actually don't care. But other than that, there's no real purpose for it. No. A lot of the other things, too, there's no really any purpose for, but... Maybe it's a commentary on modern post-secondary education. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> Not really any purpose for it. I mean, maybe. Um... Oh, post-secondary education? 
Yeah, I'm just making a joke. No, yeah, that's a good joke. Like, how many people do you <laughs> It's not you know, a joke, it's too real. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people you, you graduate from university and don't work in their field that they studied at all. Yeah. So it's like, what was the point of all that then? You know. I didn't even graduate, but I have lots of OSAP debt. So. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked the husband's bulge line, too. That was really funny. <laughs> what does that even mean? He's... A boner. No, yeah. no, I know, but like, why oh, the husband's like, hus- like, husband's no bulge? No marriage. Because, like, the, oh. the, yeah. This is the old times. And that's what it said in her diary. Like, she was like, when he hurts people, he gets a husband's bulge, yeah. but I don't have that reaction. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's an oddly specific, weird thing for a, a, a yeah. girl, even in the 1800s, to say. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a husband's bulge. That's Father. Exclusively Father. what I'm going to call it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's something to bring into the bedroom. You gotta mix up like the the foreplay and the, <laughs> the dirty talk and stuff. I wonder what other old timey words there are for it, for terms. Oh, I don't. You're looking at me like I know. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the only guy in the room, yeah. so I figured you might know some lingo. Oh yeah. Well, as as you would probably don't know, it's like whenever a young boy becomes a man, you get a manual full of old timey euphemisms. <laughs> My John Thomas. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah, Steve. I think Steve is my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? I think like the mermaid man. The merman. Like the merman <laughs> itself? Like the monster or Steve? No, uh, uh, yeah, like Steve, yeah. I think too, yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? I don't really have a favorite. Oh, that's sad. Sorry. <laughs> of the like people being murdered, I think Marty for sure. He had the most personality. He was really funny. I don't even think this gas accepts money. It's barter gas. <laughs> it's barter gas. Yeah. You were rude to my friend. <laughs> he's just like so. He's like he means well, but he's just like kind of meek and like. Actually, I so think high I, he can't deal with anything. I think one of my favorite characters. Well, maybe he's not my favorite character. But my favorite interaction was that yes yeah scene where he's like, "I haven't seen anyone from the war." It's like, well, which war? He's like, "You know which war." <laughs> like, no, she doesn't. There was like yeah. a few. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, the one with the, like, the gray coats and the blue coats and brother <laughs> yes, fighting so brother. Sassy. Yeah. <laughs> brother fighting brother. You sassed me, boy. You sassed me, boy. Actually, my, my favorite character might be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Conway. Mordecai. Oh my god. Oh, Mordecai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they oh, put him on speakerphone. Yeah, that oh scene is god. hilarious. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. getting all biblical. He's like, wait, I'm on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> It's like, no, I wouldn't do that to you. The lambs are being led to the slaughter and the ancient beast. Oh, I'm on speakerphone. <laughs> Am I on speakerphone again? <laughs> I don't know who's in the room. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know who's in the room. It's unethical. I don't know who's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might be my favorite scene yeah. of the whole movie. That at the end where just like... Chaos. Just fucking <laughs> blood everywhere. I just realized like three things from this movie. Dolls are fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I didn't realize. Music boxes also terrifying. Yeah. And the like the people, the monsters at the end that just have like white faceless masks, like drama masks almost. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that was like, because um, this well this is before the part. Um, yeah. Strangers is what I'm thinking of. Yes. Oh yeah. So like a bit terrifying. of like a. But I don't know, like because there's monsters in the cubes, but then there's also like human beings who are monsters, like that because those are just human beings, right? The or is that just a reference to strangers? I think it's just a saying? reference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It's like I like all of those are either like very just like classic like monsters or like a reference to right horror movies. Right. Okay. Uh, if you could choose any monster to die by. Oh. Which one would it be? Uh, the giant snake, I think. Nice. Because it was just like gulp you in one go. You'd yeah. Like would you be alive, quick. though? Oh, fuck. 
<laughs> yeah, the, you're gonna be like belly. digested. Yeah, your acid. Oh, would, yeah, that would that might actually suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be badass. The ghost was killing people by like shocking them with lightning, and they died quick. So like, okay, that's okay. the way I would go. Pretty painless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely not the unicorn. Oh, oh I was, my God. I was yeah, gonna the say unicorn. the unicorn. <laughs> I thought it'd be fucking sick <laughs> if anyone saw it and could tell people later on. Yeah. Well, maybe the <laughs> werewolf, because then you get bit, and then you can be a badass werewolf. Unicorn. I'm just gonna say unicorn. The unicorn. <laughs> well, because it comes out of no. It's so yeah. funny in the movie. We're just like, oh, it's so majestic, and then it stabs somebody with a horn. You're like, like no. At first, I was like, yeah. this doesn't belong here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, like, what would you have to like touch in their arsenal of things for yeah. that to be released? Also, I kind of want to see like a unicorn horror movie now. Yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> yeah. How would it get in the cabin? <laughs> of course, it could just like kick the door open with its yeah. back legs or something. Yeah, but I feel like it'd be easy. It would be an easy defeat. You could defeat a unicorn. A lot easier than, say, a zombie. We don't know what powers limbs are still have. fucking moving after they've been dismembered. That's a whole un- unexplored land. The unicorn horror. We don't even know what powers they have. They just, we just they have a horn. <laughs> like, what if it's a Pegasus and it can fly and shit? Like, it sounds yeah. like we need to bug a hot- uh, hotel room and just write yeah. write the script yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of the first unicorn horror movie. Pegasus wants blood. Yeah. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> So yeah, how would you die? I was gonna say, I guess the zombie family, because like they're gonna just kill me the fastest, I think. Like everything else seems really torturous. But right. I guess they're a torture family, so that's so stupid. maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Every all of the options suck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the robot. <laughs> yeah, it'll just like saw you really quick. <laughs> yeah. They're just all why are they all no, so you know evil? what? I want the girl with the teeth face. Oh. I'm gonna oh, find gonna go. That's I, that's how I want go it's, gonna go. Style. it's gonna go on yeah. style. A fucking ballerina. <laughs> Wait, what do you think about like the pacing of this movie? I felt, I think it felt a little like too long. Like I thought right. it ended and then it like was still, okay, you think like, okay, the horror movie's done, right? Everyone's dead. But then no, there's still all this action. Yeah, it never really felt slow. That's true. It always felt like it was doing something. But it did keep switching tone so much that it was kind of hard to get ingrained into either of them. For me, anyway, like it didn't give me enough time to really get into either either genre. Yeah, is that what you mean? Because yeah. they were kind of so separated, but they come together at the end, I guess. I don't they know. They do. You know, but, they do. I yeah. mean, like they did a, they did a good job with it, but it just didn't. I felt like because it had both of those elements, it sacrificed both. Like whereas scary movie is just a comedy, and so it's funny. Or it was funny back in the day. <laughs> it was funny yeah. when I was thirteen. It's one of those movies where you just have to accept what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And what it is like Sharktopus. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, or like Deep Blue Sea even, yeah. which is not even that ridiculous. <laughs> but still, like, you just have to accept that these people have like injected something into the sharks' heads and they're super smart and giant now. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. So this, this is just this what is the world. Is for yeah. This, yeah. This is the world that we're living in. So you really have to like, within the first like 10, 20 minutes of the movie, you have to be on board or you have to be like, I don't get it. Horror movies always have kind of had like some element of comedy because usually like there'll be a scene where they kind of get away from the killer, let's say, and then someone will be like, make a, a little like crack to kind of yeah. release tension. Right. And then the killer comes in again and murders everyone. But yeah. So they've always kind of like danced together. I always feel like horror movies maybe also need that. Yeah. Because when you see something so fucked up and then you're like, somebody makes a, like relieves the tension of that moment. You're just kind of like, okay, I can continue watching this movie. I think it's also like interesting. I'm not freaked out <laughs> completely. <laughs> with Hollywood horror movies, because of Hollywood's unwillingness to like have a tragic ending, it's mm-hmm. like you have to have a story where everyone gets killed, but not feel like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's weird. Like horror walks this weird line where it's not a tragedy. Like it's not like Shakespearean where you watch it. You go, oh my God, everyone I cared about is dead now. And you go home crying. You just go, oh, everyone died. Heh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like you have to like have this almost comedic way that they die. So outlandish that it 
can't possibly be real. Like there's a part of your brain that suspends the disbelief or whatever and just goes like, oh, well, this is terrifying. This and then, is a but then movie. it kicks back in and you're like, oh, wait, this isn't real. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you like horror? I like being scared, but I've always like loved horror. Like I had to beg my mom when I was like a kid to let her let me watch Scream. That was like the first horror movie I ever watched. And then it was just like hilarious the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also they're often kind of funny. And I like like being taken to like someone else's imagination. These things that are not realistic. Like, is that going to actually happen? Am I going to be murdered by Freddy Krueger? Like, right. no. But it's so cool to see what would happen if that was real. The characters that people come up with or the monsters that people come up yeah. with is like mind boggling to me. Like the like Saw, for example. Yeah. Like who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> like I'm not a huge fan of like the, I guess it's torture. Is yeah. that torture porn? Gory. And yeah. Body horror. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like a huge fan of that, but Saw, it almost like redeemed itself because it was like, had this like weird moral search for justice. Like, yeah, but who thought it, whoever thought of that character I don't know if I want to meet them, <laughs> right, yeah. but like I'm, in, I'm kind of into it. I don't know why. <laughs> I think the most effective horror movies are ones where the they're fighting something that isn't real. Like slasher films don't scare me because it's like, oh, it's just a dude with a mm-hmm. knife. Like yeah. you can fight with someone like that. But a movie like Alien where it's the xenomorph and it's this like alien creature. No idea how it works. Yeah. But it's like the most effective killing machine <laughs> of all time. That's fucking terrifying. Or if you try to kill it, it has acid blood and then you get killed anyway. Like, mm. What's your favorite horror movie? I think it changes a lot. Nightmare on Elm Street, like the third one. Probably like the one that stands out throughout time. Yeah. I've always kind of gone back to that one. Yeah. Um, I loved Hereditary. Like, oh, I haven't seen it. Absolutely that. loved Hereditary. Okay. okay. I guess those will be my two. But it always like, it depends on my mood i guess and like yeah what kind of vibe like scream is another big like standout like classic one i don't know jim do you have a favorite horror movie you don't really watch a lot of horror though yeah i'm easily spooked so i don't really watch horror too much <laughs> i remember one halloween yeah we decided to desensitize yeah we were just like you know what we're just gonna get over it and then we like probably within the span of like 12 hours watched like four or five horror movies yeah like all of the classic ones like we watched halloween the halloween yeah which is hilarious it's not that, that one doesn't scare me i still love halloween just because of how like like confident mike myers is <laughs> where he just doesn't even run he just walks around yeah. and, like lumber like even though he's supposed to be like yeah, just broad daylight just like hey baby what's up yeah <laughs> and then like the, the doctor his like psychologist hides in a bush the entire movie and then comes out at the end and i'm like what the fuck the is happening <laughs> i fucking love halloween oh yeah is the movie enjoyable cabin in the woods oh yeah 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 for sure it. it's yeah. fun yeah it's really fun <laughs> Oh my god. It's a self-aware movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so self-aware. Oh yeah, does it have rewatch value? It was like cool watching it again and like seeing like picking up on different things even. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a reference to that and I didn't even notice the first time that I that I watched this. Yeah. And it's like also cool to watch with someone who's never seen it. So like I'd I'd be willing to rewatch it if it was like with a friend who's like had no idea what it was about. Right. I'm like, yeah, I want to watch this and see how And you're react. just watching them watch yeah. it and you're just like, "Oh, what are you going to think about this?" <laughs> it's a horror movie for horror movie fans Mm -hmm. so if you know a lot about horror movies then you're gonna get a lot of the shit that they're doing but i'm not sure it'd be interesting to show it to somebody who's like doesn't know anything about horror movies and see how they yeah and to see how it goes does the film advance its genre in any way yeah it sort of acts as this bonding agent that like creates this whole interlinked universe between all the horror movies um oh yeah it gives like a nice explanation as to why Mm -hmm. horror movies even exist yeah. Or, like, all the things that happen in horror movies 
if they were real, if they existed or whatever. It, yeah, it gives a nice like explanation for that. <laughs> like, yeah. here's why all the characters in all these movies make these stupid decisions. Yeah, yeah. And it's all just like to appease you, the ancient ones. Like, right. You, this is what the you viewer. want. Yeah. You, you need this. Yeah, so, yeah. The audience. Here you go. Like people do like to be scared. They do like to watch. I don't yeah. know these the yeah these movies where they have tropes, but even though you know it's coming, you still like it. Yeah, it's a reaffirmation of life, right? It's like, oh, it's great to be alive, you know. That horrible shit to didn't happen alive. to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to feel alive. Yeah. I liked how they made use of uh, the tropes and like turned it on their head. It could have gone really bad. It could have been a really yeah. shitty movie. I'm curious why, because you were saying before we started the podcast, it was filmed in 09 and then released in 2011. Yeah. Um, something about um, production company, I think maybe that like there was like a, a company went bankrupt mm. and then okay. so like another company took it over. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it was shot like three years before it was released. Wow. Something like that. That makes sense, actually. So they must have shot it, gone bankrupt and couldn't distribute it. And then they had to find a distributor. I'm also surprised that this director well i guess he writes more i'm surprised he didn't go down this path yeah. this horror comedy path because yeah. it was pretty successful yeah they did like a really great job well, that was funny though because you you told me like what right when the movie was starting like, oh like this guy wrote for lost and i'm like oh so the ending's gonna be abrupt and unsatisfying <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <sighs> it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was satisfied with it i like that everyone's gonna that the die? whole world dies yeah like, yeah it just, it was just cut. It just cut to a title card. And I was like... Just like the ending of Lost. <laughs> the characters, like, didn't... They weren't, like, willing to sacrifice themselves to save the world. They're like, no, nah, maybe the world needs to end. Like... <laughs> yeah, Marty's if, such a nihilist. We're dying ever. Like, everyone's dying. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I also love it, like, when Dana's about to shoot him and he's just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, you fucking you kill me? <laughs> Again, it's like a pro, pro-marijuana PSA. Yeah, because the they're film. just smoking a joint as the world's ending, and I'm like, there's some... worst ways, like, there's worst ways to go, I guess, clearly, yeah. and the whole movie shows that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say also that the scene where, like, all the monsters are in the facility and, like, wreaking havoc, yeah. it, like, satisfies the part of you that was, like, disappointed when they picked the redneck family. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. It's going to be a slasher now, I guess. Right. And then it's like, no, you still get, like, all of these get a other... taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little, a little, little taste. taste of everything. Yeah, 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 yeah that's so true. Um, I mean, it just ends in like a bloodbath anyways. <laughs> and do the monsters end up killing each other? Cause they're just like, they're just out for blood. They, so how do they, <laughs> like, they don't know. Like how, that unicorn doesn't know that the clown isn't just a human in the facility and, right. and not a monster. Like yeah. how does he make that distinction? Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been interesting if they attacked each other. I also love how you're like justifying it. You're like, they're just out for blood. Like, <laughs> no, but I think that's it. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Yeah. That was awesome. It had been a while since I'd watched a horror comedy and I forgot how absolutely silly and hilarious Cabin in the Woods was. It's a lot of fun to watch. Don't take it too seriously going in. Steph is an absolute joy and I hope she gets back into the Toronto comedy scene when this pandemic is over in a couple hundred years. I also just realized that I don't have a pop filter so I apologize for that. New setup, need to grab one so I don't pop your eardrums with these intros and outros. Now it's time for your favorite segment, my favorite segment, reviews that don't suck. Finding only the highest quality film reviews from the internet to share. I honestly pull most of these from Letterboxd because the people on there are out of their minds and I love it. So here are some of the top reviews for Cabin in the Woods. Reviews that don't suck. Cabin in the Woods, basically the Truman Show, but on a better channel. 
Cabin in the Woods. Why do they borrow an RV to drive to a cabin? It's an excellent point. Cabin in the Woods, another great movie to show unsuspecting freshmen at two o'clock in the morning with zero context. Cabin in the Woods, weed saves lives, y'all. I mean, that's what the movie was about. Cabin in the Woods, this movie is a little bit like when a stoner dude corners you at a party and starts telling you how he thinks that all life is predictable and that humanity is pointless, but in movie form. There you go. The creme de la creme of reviews for Cabin in the Woods. If you have a review worthy of Roger and Ebert, DM us on Instagram at Real Rumble. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to get the next episode out shortly. I don't know what it's going to be yet because I have to ask people to come on. Um, So let's see. Fingers crossed. Bye. Real Rumble is produced and everything else by me, Jazine Hollings, with music by Jim Kelly. 